0: Well, Northside family it's so good to see you today on our digital service. Thanks for coming back, and if it's your first time, I want to welcome you and just say how grateful I am to spend this time together. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here, and uh, we know actually, matter of fact, this is what's been uh, kind of mind blowing of what God has done—not just in our church, but churches all across the world—is that actually we have more people attending our service, our gathering online, than we had when our campus was open, and uh, so we're doing something a little bit special I want to let you know about is next Sunday night if you've started just kind of being a part of tuning in or maybe you've been coming to Northside for the past couple months and you're just kind of checking things out I want to invite you next Sunday night at five o'clock we're having a little Zoom call uh, that I'm going to be heading up called Discover Northside and uh, we know uh, we want this place to be the church and uh, this is one of the things that we talk about all the time around here is the church is a body it's not a building and we want to connect with you you. Matter of fact, next Sunday night, what we have planned with Discover Northside, I'm going to head that up. I'm going to share a little bit about the vision and the mission of Northside and how God has called you into a relationship with him and to live out the ways of Jesus. And we're going to have an opportunity for you to hang with some staff and actually have some engagement. And I know we're all burned out on Zoom. I get it. Uh, I, I am as well. But we know, man, we crave relationship. And this is what it means to be the church. And a matter of fact, we're in this series as we call light and the darkness as we've been looking in the book of Philippians. And as we've been journeying through this, what I found interesting is this, I, we kind of made this discovery as we've opened this book, that the first two chapters are all about Christ. Paul writes to remind them about who he is. He is in a jail cell for being a follower of Jesus. It is a dark moment, but he's writing to encourage the church. They go, even in my present dark, darkest moment. The light of Christ is shining. And he writes to remind them this. And so the first two chapters of Philippians is all about Christ. And then the next two chapters, chapter three and four are all about the conflicts that we face. And so I want to let you know what we're going to be diving in today, next weekend, uh, as we talk about the marks of maturity, what does it look like to actually be a mature follower of Jesus? And then we're going to move into the conflict because here's what happens. As soon as the church was born, church is made up of imperfect people. Matter of fact, we even kind of say this all the time. Hey, only imperfect people are allowed here. So if you're perfect, you can't come to our church, right? Because you're going to mess it up. And this is what we know. Every single one of us are broken. And so in a couple of weeks, what we're going to talk about is this. Paul begins to talk about this. He understands that he's broken personally. And we're going to be talking about how do you and I get past our past? How do we move beyond the past? Paul's going to talk about that. We talk about there's going to be relational conflicts that Paul's going to talk about. Some of you are going, man, they have come to the surface during this quarantine time. And we're going to begin to deal with that. We're going to begin to deal with some of the emotional conflict. He talks about don't be anxious about anything. And we're going to talk about some mental conflict that we carry. Because here's the, here's the deal. All of us, especially in all of the world right now, every single one of us are in conflict. And Christ wants to bring his light into our darkness. Matter of fact, today we're going to be talking about what really uh, gets uh, maybe not the wrap of being dark, but it is seen in the light. And it's this tension that we find between behavior modification and life transformation. This is what Paul's going to begin to address because sometimes you and I can be begin to believe that we can be good enough, that we can act well enough, that everything's going to kind of go fine, especially on this Mother's Day, right? This is the one day a year that we really act well for our moms, right? The only problem is we, we try for a moment and then we just totally lose control. For some of you, you've already lost control. Matter of fact, I've never been more grateful for our kids' side ministry than as we've tried to watch services at home as. A family, we don't even make it through the worship music. So, if you're watching right now and you got kiddos, hey, I count this a win. Literally, last week I was trying to watch my dad preach at home and I had the kids, I had to stop about three or four times. You know, I'm going, Okay, we got to take care of them. Okay, and I can't wait till we can come back so we can have service uninterrupted. And so, I get it, I get it that there's all sorts of conflict. And here was what I was trying to do as I was trying to watch the service last weekend, guys, knock it off. I'm trying to follow Jesus, real mature, right? Real, real spiritual. And here's the problem. Too many times when it comes to following Jesus, I look at myself and I'll say this, Nate, knock it off. And I'll forget to ask Jesus to empower me and to get rid of the habits that I carry. See, this is what begins to happen and why we're talking about this light and darkness between behavior modification and life transformation is this. Here's the real darkness about, because some of you are going, what do you mean behavior modification is not bad? We all need to be better. I know. The question is how you and I go about being better. And too often times we'll look to ourselves to make ourselves better when only Jesus is the one who can change us. Matter of fact, when I began to read this passage in Philippians, it sounds like a perfect Mother's Day verse. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Paul writes this to the church, he says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Mothers, can we get an amen, right? Look around the room right now. That's right. You hear that, pastor. Quit complaining. Paul goes on, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a crooked and depraved generation. And we read that and we go, well, Nate, I thought it wasn't about behavior modification. I thought you were talking about life transformation. Paul talks about our behavior, but he talks about how we change. Listen to what he says. In which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Talking about Jesus. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Paul is quick to say, yeah, do not complain or argue in everything. We need to tone it down. But what he's saying is this. He's not saying change your behavior. What he's saying is this. Let Jesus change your behavior. He says, as you hold, you are going to shine like stars as you hold out the word of life. It's literally like an Olympian who carries the torch. The Olympian isn't the fire. The Olympian is just simply lifting up the fire. And what Paul is saying is this, when we begin to lift up Jesus in our life, everything begins to change in us. Paul's saying, don't lift yourself up. Don't try to change yourself. That's not how transformation works. We lift up the sun. And he says, and what happens is this, and when you and I do that, we begin to shine like stars in the universe. I forgot, I was researching that word star, and also said, and I, I, I mean, forgive me, this is probably why I became a pastor and not a scientist. I forgot that the sun is a star. As a matter of fact, the sun is the largest star. I found this picture and this is, this is what's happening on the sun is that hydrogen and helium are colliding and there is literally hydrogen bombs going off on the sun nonstop. Scientists believe that at the core of the sun, it is 15 million degrees Celsius. We, we, can't, even, we can't even fathom that. But here's what happens. Once we discovered how powerful that sun was, we began to realize, oh, The world doesn't revolve around, the galaxy doesn't revolve around earth. We revolve around the sun. And our world is shaped by the sun. Matter of fact, our calendar is set according to how we revolve around the sun. Matter of fact, this week was the supermoon. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that. Now, you got to be careful when you say supermoon around southern Indiana, right? You know, you might you might be careful. But this is one of my favorite pictures of the supermoon that happened on Thursday night. This is a picture in Germany of the supermoon. I know it looks like the Death Star coming up over, you know, over the earth or whatever. But it, and you know what's so, this you know why it was so incredible about the supermoon? And you go, well, why, why does this look so beautiful? Why is this so moving? Why does the moon looks so close because it's actually 30,000 miles closer to us. See, here's what happens. We begin to be in awe when we draw closer to the sun. And here's the deal about the moon. You know what the moon does? Nothing. <laughs> you know what all it is? It's a big ball of dirt. The power of the moon is that reflecting the sun. That's all that moon was doing this week. It was simply reflecting and radiating the glory and the power of the sun. You want your life to be transformed? Don't start with behavior modification. Start by holding up the word of life. Start by lifting. This is what Paul says. He goes, here's what's going to begin to happen. When you begin to lift up the word of life, you're arguing, you're complaining. Because here's what we get really good at. Some of you think it's a spiritual gift. It's not. We're really good at being a critic, aren't we? Let's just criticize, let's be a cynic, and I've done my daily duty, right? I'll retweet some things, there it is, I did my duty, right, and I'm done. And and Paul says, no, that's not how it works. But what happens is this, when you and I draw closer into the sun and we begin to reflect him, everything begins to change when we lift him up. Matter of fact, you can even trace the word light all throughout the Bible. Let me tell you about where the word light shows up because it's everywhere, and it's about the light of God leading us. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter one, verse three, that's one of the first things that God says is, let there be light. Let there be light into the darkness. God speaks this. He creates this. He is the God of light in the midst of our darkness. It goes on in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 29, where he says, God, you are my lamp, O Lord. And the Lord turns my darkness into light. What he knows is this, I I, I can't change myself. Only the Father can change me. David got this when he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, you are my illuminating path. I don't need to try and go find it. I don't need to try and go create it. You are it. You are the one. You are the one who controls all things. This is why Jesus in even Matthew chapter five, verse 14 through 16 rearranges everything. And listen to what he says. He goes in to say, and when you begin to follow me, you are the light of the world. When you reflect me, you are now the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, a light, a lamp, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light everyone in the house. You want to make a difference in this world? Begin to reflect the light of Jesus in your life. You don't need to make it up. You don't need to try to create your own thing. You and I just need to draw closer to the son and he will do an unbelievable work in our life. He goes on to say this, in the same way Jesus says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your father heaven. We were reminded about the two roads that we face this week between behavior modification and life transformation. Matter of fact, this week I struggled to even dive into the darkness of what we saw happen in Georgia this week, where Ahmaud Aubrey was murdered. Black 25-year-old was out for a run, killed by two white guys. And if you saw the video at all, literally I knew the video was out there. And for a long time, I couldn't bring myself to watch it till actually this morning. You know why? Because I can't stand the darkness. And the problem is this when we begin to believe in behavior modification more than the life transformation of Jesus in our life, actually our lives become darker. We've been cooped up in our houses for eight weeks. We should be better people by now, shouldn't we? And after eight weeks, the first thing that we see is injustice in this world. So what do we do with this darkness? How do we process this? Darkness. One, I think we need to start by just calling it dark. See, this is why Paul is writing. He's saying, hey, you need to hold out the word of life. If you want your life to change, if you want your behaviors to change, don't start with you. Let God start with you. Let God begin to change. And what happens is this oftentimes we start down in verse 14 and we say, don't complain or argue about anything. Come on, do better. And actually, we need to start above that and start in verse 12. Listen what Paul says before he gets there. In verse 12 of chapter two, this is how Paul says, here's how you live in the darkness that you and I face. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to talk about that in a moment. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, here's the deal. A lot of times we see that phrase and we kind of get it twisted. I remember growing up hearing that, okay, I got to work out my my salvation, which I began to think about. I need to earn my way to God. I need to behave my way into this relationship with God. That's not what Paul's saying. Matter of fact, we're going to unpack that phrase here in a second about what does it look like to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But what Paul is saying here is this, this is where we've got to understand. This is how our lives begin to transform is that the cross doesn't just save us. The cross of Jesus is what shapes us. You want to see your life change. If you want to see your behavior change, let the cross save you, but let the cross also shape you. See, too many times this is what's happened when I've looked at the cross. And when I've looked at the cross, Here's all I've seen is just my sin. And so I thought, okay, Jesus, take my sin and I'll take it from here. And here's the problem. I didn't look at the cross as not just something that would save me. That's all I did. I forgot that it is the cross that shapes me. It's the cross that begins to move us Forward. It is the cross. This is what Paul is saying. Man, if you want your life to change, man, if we want racism to end in our world, man, if we want injustices to go, you know, to be dealt with, if we want this world to change, he goes, it doesn't begin with you, it begins with the cross. It doesn't begin with us. See, it's the cross that saves us, but it is the cross that shapes us. Here's what I mean by that. See, it's the cross. That's paved with grace. See, long before you and I even become a follower or even think about an idea of following Jesus, what happens is this. It's the cross that is paved with grace. See, it's the cross that steps into our darkness. It's the cross that steps into our imperfections. See, Jesus wasn't waiting for us to get our act together. He wasn't waiting for us to draw close like the moon draws closer to us. What he did was this in John chapter one, it says this, that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. That God said, I'm not waiting for you to draw near to me. I'm drawing near to you. See, this is why we believe Jesus can change anybody, anywhere. This is why our whole mission statement is connecting unconnected people to Jesus Christ. Because he said, I am here to change your life. You want your behaviors to change? You want your family to change? You want your mind, your heart, your soul, the way you work, the way you love, the way you judge? You want all that to change? See, the cross is paved with grace. This is why Paul says these words here, and we got to pay attention to them so well. When he says this, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And what he's getting at is this. He's saying, you and I need to begin to have this incredible fear. See, a lot of times we fear ourselves, right? And what we mean is this, it's not that we're afraid of ourselves, but we have way more confidence in us than we do Christ. And he says, when you begin to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, what he's saying is this, that you begin to recognize the awe and the power of Jesus, the awe of God. And you live out of that because this is why He says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. See, this is the beauty of God. The beauty of God is he draws near to us and the cross, it paves the way with grace. But here's the deal about the cross. The cross is accessed by faith. See, grace goes before us, but it is faith in how we access God and I don't care where you are man you may be crazy lost from God you may have grown up around the church but really you trusted in your good works more than you trusted in Jesus and what Paul is saying is this if you want your life to change here's how it happens for it is God who works in you that word works actually is where we get the word energy from you know, we, we say, or you hear the world say stuff like this. I don't know what it is about that guy, man. They just got a good energy. They got some good vibes going on. Man, I like being around them. And what you're saying is this. A lot of times what we're saying is what is permeating in them is influencing and impacting me around See, this is the beauty. we got to pay attention to this. If you want your life to change, it doesn't start with your energy. It doesn't start with everything that you're doing. It starts with the energy and the grace and the mercy of Jesus inside Is This is why it says, for God, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. I remember when I got baptized, the children's minister, Phil McDonald, still remember his name, wrote on my, he gave me a Bible when I got baptized. And in the front, he wrote an encouraging letter and he wrote Galatians 2.20. Because what he was reminding me of is this, Nate, it is no longer you who lives. It is now Christ in you. It is God who is working and doing this work in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. Listen to what Galatians 2.20 says. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I- I'm dead to myself. It is Christ who lives in me. So he says, the life I live in the body, here it is, you ready? I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God. And then here's who he knows. Who loves me and gave himself for me. Paul knows this. I'm accessing the cross. I'm accessing this power, this redemption, this grace. Because he loves me and he gave himself for me. See, what happens is this. If we want everything to change that comes out of us, the change has to start in us. When he says, work out your salvation, what he's saying is this work out what God is working in you. Matter of fact, here's how I want to define behavior modification versus life transformation. I got a definition that I've kind of wrote out on this. Here's what behavior modification is Behavior modification is, I'll change myself, I'll, be, I'll create my change. Life transformation says this, I'm going to work out Well, God is already working in me. See, God's already wanting to do a work in us. This is why he sent Jesus. He's wanting to do this good and holy work. I love what Dallas Willard said. Uh, this is his quote about grace so we can understand the fullness of the cross. Listen to what he said. He said, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Grace, you know, doesn't just have to do with forgiveness of sins alone. See, grace is doing this bigger work. Because here's what's going to happen. You and I, we're going to get judged in this world. And it's not just that God has forgiven us of our sin. It's God is wanting to do a great work in us. But he's saying, you need to get on the road of life transformation. I remember one day, uh, it was literally the week after 9-11 had happened. I was a college student at Bible College, uh, Lincoln, Illinois, big old Cornfield area. And uh, it was just a lot for me to process. It was a lot for me to take in. I was only a sophomore at the time. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed by the thought of what happened on 9 11, September 11th, uh, 2001. I'm overwhelmed. And, and what happened was this I, I just took some country roads uh, around there, just some back roads, and, and drove around. And I remember it was harvest time. And so the farmers were out there harvesting. And I just sat there, I kind of pulled off to the side of the road, it's real flat. And I'm looking out at all the area and I'm watching the crops come down. And I just kind of have my Bible out. I'm sitting on the hood of my car and a cop pulls up behind me. And uh, I'm like, oh, I bet he's checking on me, making sure I don't have a flat tire out of gas or something. And uh, he came up to me, he goes, what are you doing here? I said, wow, I'm just a Bible college student over there at Lincoln Christian College and just out here reading my Bible, reflecting. He goes. You need to move on. So I'm just trying, to, just trying to reflect, man, just taking it in. He goes, uh, well, those farmers over there saw you, and they think you're here to poison the crop. You need to get out of here. And it was the first time that I realized I had longer hair, and a man with long, dark hair and dark skin and a big nose can actually be racially profiled. I realized in that moment, I'm going to have to find a different way to engage with the world. It's the only time I've been racially profiled in my life, but I remembered in the heaviness of that moment, my behavior wasn't going to be Christ-like. And what I realized was this, I got more life transformation to go. See, what I can't forget is this. The cross doesn't just save us. The cross is what shapes us. And we're going to have to learn how to love people well. But the cross paved with grace is accessed by faith. It moves in us. It changes everything. And he says this, for it is God who works in you to will and to act god who works in you to change your behavior to will and to act and the thing is this you and i've got to be surrendered to that matter of fact listen to what paul says the same author here writes this in colossians chapter 1 verse 29 he says to this end i labor struggling with all of his energy all of god's energy which so powerfully works in me That the power of God, God's not saying you guys just be good little boys and girls. What he's saying is this, you be men and women who allow the power of my grace to change everything in your life. Not just your past, but your present and your future by his power, by his energy that works so incredibly. Remember this, that the sun, the sun is a hundred times the dimension The diameter of the earth, it's 100 times bigger. And we serve a God who created the sun. Created something that's 15 million degrees. He is over that. He has a power and an energy that is at work in us. And this is why Paul is writing, don't get caught in this behavior modification and forget the life transformation of the cross. And here's the way forward. We don't let the cross take care of our path our past, we let it also take care of our future. This is why Paul says this, according to his good purpose. Meaning this, the cross, it's paved with grace. It's accessed by faith, but it leads us to God's good purpose. God has purpose for us. It is to live according to his ways. Matter of fact, listen what Paul begins to say. The cross is marked with purpose. This is how he's calling us to live. And we got to understand sometimes it takes time for the cross to do a work. This is why we're on this journey of grace. Access by faith for God's good purpose. You will read all through the top Bible. Man, it, it takes time for God to do a work. And it's not because he's slow at working, but he's going, we're the ones that are slow at it. We're the ones who forget him. We're the ones that forget. Oh, no, you are my energy. You are the one who changes everything in me. Because listen what happens. Once Paul declares this, that it is God who is working in you to will and act according to his good purpose. Listen to what he says in verse 17. He says, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. He says, even if I'm being poured out, he knows this, he's about ready to die. He's in Rome in prison. He knows death is probably waiting. I'm not getting out of here. And he says this, even if, Meaning this, this is what faith in Christ looks like. A lot of us are saying stuff like this. Well, what if? Man, what if? What what if on this? What if? You know what Christians say? Christians don't say what if. Christians say this, even if. Even if. Well, you go, how do I do that? Quit living a life of behavior modification. Quit trying to change yourself and let the power of God change you. Paul. Even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, he says this in verse 17 I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. See how Paul left the behavior to be a byproduct of the cross. Paul didn't start with the behavior. Paul started with the power of the cross. The power of this grace that was already drawing near to us before we ever drew near to it. And when we access this, when we got on this highway of grace, it leads us into God's purpose because it is God who is at work In us, it is God who is changing. Us, Matter of fact, when we did this whole campaign called Table Setters, what we were saying is this. If you remember this, I know it's like, oh, yeah, we were doing this campaign. We were making more room. You know what's so cool is this. God is saying, I'm not waiting to make more room on this campus. Matter of fact, the church has never closed for the past 2,000 years. What God has opened up for us is this, to open up digital tables for people all over the world to connect to him. God is setting tables through us, his work in us to reach our our home, to transform our homes, to transform our neighborhoods. And he's saying this, and it all happens that you and I can rejoice and be glad because it is God who is at work in us. See, the cross doesn't just save us. The cross shapes us. The only thing is this, as God has taking us on this journey, as God has this highway of grace to live on, you'll notice this, that when you drive on Highway 65 around here, it doesn't take very long until you start driving, you'll see a road next to the highway, and this is what the road's called. They call it a service road or an access road. That was the road I was taking when I was driving out into the cornfields. And here's the thing about an access road. You're near the highway, you're just not on the highway. You can see it, but you're not on it. And I think for too many times in my life, I knew Jesus had taken care of my past, but I wasn't letting him take care of my present and my future. See, the cross saves us, but the cross also saves shapes us and he invites you and I to get on this highway of grace, to step out of our darkness and in to this glorious light because he is this light that begins to change us. I've had some incredible conversations during this quarantine time. Actually two of my buddies, one that I've been friends with for literally 20 years. He's someone that when I moved here back in 1999, I went, oh, that guy's the stud in our area. He's a stud baseball player in our area. And I remember going, man, I wish I could be like him. Two weeks ago, he called me. We've been good friends. And this is what he said. After Easter, he said, it's time for me to get baptized. And what he was saying is this. It's time for me to step out of the darkness and in to the light. It's time for me to get off the access road and get on the highway of grace. And then this last week, you know what's cool? He he texts me, goes, hey, I got another buddy. We need to talk because he's ready for his life to change. And this last week he and I got to sit down and talk with literally one of his best friends. And we began to talk about, and we got down to the root issue. You know what the root issue was? He was trying to change himself. And what we discovered is this, any change that he wanted to see could only come from the one who can actually change him. And so now in the next couple of weeks, we're planning for both of them to get baptized. And I can't wait. And here's the thing, 20 years, I can't control. See, part of grace is this. Part of grace is understanding, not just trusting Jesus with your sin, it's trusting God with his timing. For some of you, you come to church here, you're not on the highway of grace. You're tuning in, but you're just trying to change yourself. And I'm gonna invite you, just like the invitation Paul said, oh, it's not for you to quit all these bad habits. It's for you to begin to allow this good work that God wants to do in you to be worked out. To begin to experience the life that God has for you. Matter of fact, i want to ask just these two questions of you. If it's not the cross, what's saving you? I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you letting be your Grace. And if it's not the cross, what's shaping you? You know, my prayer is this during this whole quarantine time, my prayer has been this. Because what happens is when the pressure comes in us, whatever's in us gets revealed. Have you noticed that? The feelings and the thoughts that you've carried the regret, the shame, everything, it's all on display right now, isn't it? All of our bad behaviors, all of our bad tendencies, there's no hiding it, there's no covering, man, it is all coming out of us. And my prayer is this, after this time of quarantine, my prayer for you and I is this, that we wouldn't go back to the way things were, but that we would step in to what God has for us in Jesus. And I want to invite you right now, just like we did on Easter, if you've never got on the highway of grace, if you've never stepped into this relationship with Jesus, you need to know Jesus came after you before you have ever come after him. And today, just to let this to begin, you're going, yeah, no wonder I've lived in darkness my whole life, because I haven't let the light in. And I just want to invite you right now, man, if you're going, "I I need this light. I'm going to invite you simply to say, Jesus, I'm accepting you. And if you're accepting Christ today, this is what I want you to do here in a moment. I just want you to literally just text the word accept to 41411. to say no more access road, right? Because here's what, here's what happens on the access road. We get to go at our pace. We get to go our direction. And oftentimes, here's what happens. We get lost on the access road. God is saying, no, I got mile markers for you to go on the highway. I have direction for your life. I have purpose for your life because it is me at work in you. Maybe the biggest thing that God has done in your life during this quarantine time is this. He's gotten your attention and he's saying, I have a different way for you to live. And so right now I wanna pray for us. And I'm gonna invite you, we're gonna have a couple questions come up on the screen. If you're in the room with your family, you're with some friends, I wanna invite you to spend some time having conversation together over this. And if you've never stepped onto the highway of grace and allow the cross to save you, let today be the day. Text in, begin a conversation with us. We wanna walk with you. Just simply text in. Let me pray for us. We'll allow God to do his continual transforming work in our life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that God, especially on this Mother's Day weekend, God, our first inclination is we better be in our best behavior. And so thank you, God, that you're not waiting for us to act on our best behavior. Father, you're simply waiting for us to receive your grace and your mercy that changes us forever. And so, Father, I pray in this moment right now, God, that we would have a bigger picture of the cross, that we would have a bigger understanding of who you are and what you've done in our lives. And so, Jesus, we ask and we pray that you would lead us out of this darkness of this behavior modification. And Father, we would experience the power of your life transformation. Father, for those who have never begun this relationship with you, Lord, we lift them up to you. God, we ask, Lord, that they would simply open their hearts and their lives to you today. And Father, for those of us who have, God, would you open our hearts and our minds to how you wanna shape us in this season. God, you have more work to do according to your purpose. And so Jesus, today is your church, saved by you, bought by you, rescued by you for your good purpose. Father, I pray that today we would be changed and that we would step into everything that you have for us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you've never given up on us. Help us to see you today. And it's by your powerful name and work of grace in our lives that we pray all of this, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Again, if you need to begin this relationship with Jesus, text the word accept to 41411. If you got some time, process these questions together and we'll see you this week. God bless you.